welcome to Nothing Ever Happens in Canada. But we know this is simply not true. I'm Canadian Girl. Thanks for joining me today. This is a Canadian podcast about the myths, legends, and just good old stories Canada has to tell. Before we get started on this week's archaeological adventure through the prairies, here's a quick word from our amazing new network. You're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. Do head over to straightupstrange.com and check out the rest of my very strange friends. You will not be disappointed. So how's everybody doing? I hope the weather has been good to you and you've been able to get out of the house because I know a lot of you here in Canada have had nothing but rain. So I'll try my best to send some of this lovely Alberta sunshine your way because we have had a ton of it and I'm certainly not complaining, I'm just trying to share. I just wanted to take a minute and thank you all for your lovely reviews and comments on social media. The kind words about my voice, your words of encouragement, and your words about my podcast production and editing skills. I have no media or digital editing background at all. As you can tell, I don't even know the right words to use. I've learned everything pretty much on my own through trial and error. And of course, your always kind advice. To each of you who have took the time to leave a comment or a review, just know your words, they help this podcast grow. So I am truly humbled and I just wanted to say a big thank you. If you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram under the handle at Nothing Canada. If you want to send me an email, you can do that too at CanadianGirl2319 at gmail.com. Again, it's CanadianGirl2319 at gmail.com. I love interacting with you, so do reach out, even if you just want to say hi. You know me. I'll say hi right back. Enough business now. Back to our adventure. This week, we're off to explore the many petroglyphs of Saskatchewan. That's right, there's actually rocks in Saskatchewan big enough to carve some ancient traditional art. I thought the prairies, well, were prairies. Just that. Mostly flat, as far as the eye can see. You know, with the odd rolling hill maybe here or there? but never imagined they'd have so many big rocks and one area even holds over 300 petroglyphs. Turns out, I was completely wrong about Saskatchewan. Dust off those archeology span hats that we used to go looking for the Vikings in Newfoundland, cause we're about to go on a road trip around Southern Saskatchewan to visit the sacred sites and see an ancient art form depicting animals, animal tracks, humans, human faces, handprints, footprints, and more. We'll visit a site that some believe may have possibly been a door to the spirit world. Also, a spot believed to hold the oldest human markings made in North America. What we don't know is who made them for sure, but I will discuss some suggestions with possible clues later. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to start exploring one of Saskatchewan's greatest unsolved mysteries.
we have a bit of a drive ahead of us as we head out to the most famous site of them all, the St. Victor Petroglyphs. It's about two hours away from here in Regina, where we grabbed our rental car so we could make this journey today. So to waste some time, I'll tell you what I know about the ancient traditional art form known as petroglyphs. They can be found all across Canada and are considered to be the oldest and most widespread artistic tradition. Rock art in Canada is linked with searching for helping spirits and with shamanism, which is basically a strong belief in a spiritual connection and the spiritual world. Large sites of rock art can be found in the Maritimes, the Canadian Shield, which is from Quebec to northern Saskatchewan, the prairies, and the Arctic. The word petroglyphs comes from the Greek words petro, meaning stone, and glyphia, meaning to carve. Petroglyphs were first mentioned by explorers in Canada as early as the 1800s. Although significant records and documentation cannot be found until about the 1850s, Petroglyphs are often considered to be on sacred grounds and should be treated as such, just like you would treat the inside of a church or its grounds. Unfortunately, this is not normally the case. Most often, they have some other type of modern graffiti right beside them or literally right on top of them. I will never understand people who do such things. If you'd like to leave your mark in history for all to find, get your own damn rock. That's all I'm going to say. The best time to observe and photograph all petroglyphs is in the morning or the evening on a very clear day when the angle of the sun is at 45 degrees or less. Also, another great trick is right after the rain. Please do not throw water on the petroglyphs yourself. This will speed up their erosion time. Rock art is usually divided up into two categories, petroglyphs and pictographs. Petroglyphs are known to be more of a carving type drawing, but does include some paintings, most often made by tools and can be found on cliff walls, boulders, and flat bedrock surfaces. Pictographs are paintings made using red ochre. The petroglyphs we are most concerned with today are those found in Saskatchewan. They can be found all over the province. What we don't know is who carved them for sure, making them one of the province's greatest mysteries. The majority of the petroglyphs found in the province date back to hundreds, if not thousands of years. The biggest collection can be found just outside of a small town in St. Victor, Saskatchewan, which is just east of Assiniboine, Saskatchewan. More than 300 carvings have been made into a sandstone cliff, boulders and other rocks scattered along the grounds and we're just pulling up into the parking lot now. Perfect timing. Welcome to the St. Victor Petroglyphs Provincial Historic Park, where more than 300 carvings can be found. Admission to the park is free and it's open all year round. Just an FYI, Saskatchewan Tourism has an amazing collection of pictures for this site that I will include in a link below, so do check them out. Be on the lookout today as we walk through the park as many types of birds and wildlife can be seen in the area quite frequently. We might just see something more exciting than some rocks. I'm just teasing. 
Guided tours are available but must be booked ahead of time. There is also interpretive signs that allow for a self-guided tour. Lucky for you guys, I'm here so you don't need to worry. There is an outcropping that the petroglyphs are carved into at the cliff's edge above us. It is known as Ravenscrag Sandstone. From my understanding, the term Ravenscrag, for all we need to understand for this tale, allows for an archaeologist to know the estimated date the rock was formed. The cliff top is a well-known beautiful viewpoint. It is said to be one of the best views in the province, and it is also a well-known picnic spot in the area, so you better believe we're stopping up there for a snack. The carvings are of unknown origins, and there are changes in styles throughout the work, suggesting it was made over many years by different artists. As we walk through today, take note in the changes of artwork. They may be very subtle in some instances. There is evidence of different tools being used also, suggesting this was a very long piece of artwork that took many years to complete as their knowledge of tools increase, so did the details in the artwork. Carvings such as geometric shapes along with ones so worn they can no longer be determined, there are bisons, turtles, human faces, footprints, both human and animals, along with human handprints, some small water creatures, and stars. Popular theories are the symbols were used to bring out a type of hunting magic increasing fertility, making the hunting season plentiful, and directing the animals to the hunting grounds as hoofprints lead right over the cliff's edge. Some believe they are records of dreams over time, and some suggest they are vision quests, which I'm not going to get into here, but it's basically a ceremonial part of a spiritual journey in some indigenous cultures, usually involving the becoming of an adult and receiving great knowledge. Traditional ceremonies and offerings are still practiced and left today, so if you see any, please do not disrupt them. Hoof prints at this site are mostly of bison. There are no horse hoof petroglyphs, suggesting it was carved before horses were introduced. Which, fun fact, the first horse recorded on record in Saskatchewan was named Big Dog in 1730 because the indigenous people believed he could do the work of a big dog. One of the more larger and newer carvings is of a human face. It's more than one feet in diameter and is very similar to ones found in the Northern Plains burial grounds, estimated to be around from 300 to 600 years ago. So do keep your eyes open for him. It is one of the very few sites found in Canada that have horizontal rock carvings. The carvings show significant info in regards to cosmology, spirituality, symbolism, and artistic expression. The poor conditions of the glyphs today is due to the softness of the sandstone, things like time, lack of preservation, which is not wanted by those who believe their ancestors may have carved them, and sadly, vandalism. Several of the indigenous people who have been consulted about the land do not want it preserved. They ask it to be left alone to disappear into the earth where it once came from naturally, just as we all do. The government of Saskatchewan has chosen to honor these wishes, so if you do want to see them, 
I suggest you go sooner than later. They will not be here for too much longer by the sounds of things. Even if you are there on a very well-lit day, the majority of them have already become very hard to see, and they have been fenced off to protect them from further damage. There is a group called the Friends of the St. Victor Petroglyphs. Their mission is to protect the site so the petroglyphs do not disappear any faster than necessary. One of the more interesting carvings that is also disappearing rather fast is of a man standing with his right arm reaching up towards a circle and his left arm towards a footprint. David Monroe, a member of the Friends of the St. Victor's Petroglyphs, claims that this is one of his favorites and believes it has a message behind it. The site is believed to possibly be carved by the ancestors of the present-day Dakota or Sioux people, as it resembles the rock art tradition of the Sioux people of the late pre-contact period 500 to 1750 AD. Also, the cloven hoof prints and the use of women's fertility symbols suggest it relates to the Suyan mythology of fertility and the sacred relationship between the bison and women. As such, the petroglyphs were likely concerned with the fertility and used in rituals to ensure a plentiful hunt. Some suspect a connection to the people of the Upper Missouri tribes or the tribes of the plains as well. As we enter through the front gate, there is a staircase that takes you beside a rock wall. Then we will walk on short grass land up to the largest collection of petroglyphs on the plains, estimated to be about 123 hoof prints between 5 to 15 centimeters, most are U-shaped. Human feet are carved so accurately, they even have different sized toes. Most are roughly 16 centimeters, there is about 51 estimated human footprints. The least common glyph is that of a bird. There is only one and possibly two bird tracks. There are two depictions of turtles. One is just an outline, the other has been fully carved. Both are close together and in form as well. There is two to three depictions of human heads. One is very large, which I mentioned earlier, and he also appears to have what looks like a banded neck. As we walk around the bottom section, Notice the several cloven hoofs, U-shaped hoofs, and with and without dewclaw. There is an outline grizzly bear paw, geometric shapes like triangles, circles, and even two triangles that almost look like an hourglass. Take a few minutes to take some pictures and see if you can spot them all. Soil removed in 2010 exposed more cloven hooves and dewclaws and a U-shaped hoof with a dewclaw in the area. The next section you will find is known as the central section. You'll notice several more cloven hooves with and without dewclaws, some partially uncompleted cloven hooves, U-shaped hooves with and without dewclaws, large cloven hooves, double-sided cloven hooves. There are just many styles of hooves and some designs that are no longer identifiable. Go ahead and take a look around this spot. They just may not be here the next time you come back.
Next, we'll head over to the most photographed and talked about part, the upper site, where the petroglyphs lead right off the cliff's edge. Several cloven hoofs, with and without dew claws, U-shaped hoofs, a figure of a man, a figure of a man running, and a bird or a butterfly. The letter V, which you can see, is said to represent a bird in flight, an almost circular figure said to be unknown, and this section also contains one of the best examples of the cloven hoof that can still be seen very clearly. Turtles, human hands, and fully carved grizzly bear paws. A slight change in the artwork seen on the bottom half where the grizzly bear paw was only an outline. Found along the upper plateau were shattered bones and teeth of woolly rhinoceros. Rhinoceros in Saskatchewan and woolly ones. Well, I guess they would have to be woolly considering the winters, but I truly never knew that there could have been rhinoceros that once roamed Saskatchewan. I thought that was a pretty neat little find. They also found pieces of three-toed horse bones, camel, and turtle shell fragments. As we sit down and have a quick picnic and enjoy this amazing view of the valley, do sit close and I'll tell you some more about this unique area. The petroglyphs can be found in the deep wooden coulees on the northern edge of the Wood Mountain Plateau. The plateau was created when the last glacier melted away. This is one of those places I never knew existed in Saskatchewan, a place with an elevation of about 3,400 feet. That's pretty impressive for the prairies. The only difference between the Victor site and the rest of the petroglyph sites found in south-central Saskatchewan is the grizzly bear tracks found in St. Victor. All the rest only show black bears. The appearance of the grizzly bears in the carvings leaves the best record of the large beast presence on the plains before the fur traders arrived. The practice of shamanism, which strongly believed in connecting spirits and to the spirit world, was another possibility for the grizzly bear track, as it was very important to early indigenous mythology. The presence of turtles again points to shamanism and the belief that the turtle represents fertility and longevity. The spiritual world is often depicted as having a bird on top, often a thunderbird, followed by animals and people coexisting in the middle. The pictures found here depict a friendship between humans and animals, and it's shown by the closeness of the designs to one another and of the images of human hands reaching out towards bare paws very close to that of the spirit world. There is even just one bird to be found in the carvings, just something I found interesting and wanted to point out. Similarities between petroglyphs in South Central Saskatchewan and those found in Ohio and in the Pennsylvania area suggest a possible connection. A huge chunk of carvings were sadly lost due to Mother Nature's wrath in 2001 when it collapsed to the ground below due to erosion. Carvings that were lost, a beautiful carving of a human foot, a very large hoof print with a dew claw of which the animal was unknown, a very unique design that was hard to determine and its original descriptions have been lost. 
There are also two mysterious sites located nearby where you can find shallow pits lined with stone. These sites are located on top of hills overlooking the valley below and have a clear view of the petroglyphs. Some say they are vision pits, others say they are eagle catching pits. If you have the privilege of finding one or both of these sacred sites, do respect them please. We're off next for a quick stop in Weyburn, Saskatchewan to learn about a very interesting petroglyph that was once found there. It was originally found by Victor Mulhall on top of a hilltop in 1935. It was described as a limestone boulder with a very interesting face carved in it, weighing in at 400 pounds and 36 centimeters tall, that's 1.2 feet. The carving is about the same size as the rock's face. It is a picture of a human face with an elongated neck which has a number of horizontal bands stretched across it and several dots can also be found on the human's face in interesting places. Two dots are on the forehead and a number are on the chin. Notice that he also has bands stretched across his neck, just like the petroglyph we saw in St. Victor. Known as the Weyburn Petroglyph, it is Saskatchewan's most popular petroglyph. It was once used by the Archaeological Society on newsletters and such as their main symbol, and it has been published in many publications over time. Today, this interesting piece is located at the Royal Saskatchewan Museum in Regina. The petroglyph appears to have been painted with a red dye at one time in order to enhance its appearance, but this act has also damaged it. There is a theory out there that if you take the constellation of Scorpion, it will line up to some of the dots on the face of the Weyburn petroglyph. An interesting theory I did look into for a few minutes, but could not wrap my head around why, and moved on. But what do you think about it? Let me know your theories. Next up on our road trip, is a very interesting rock that literally just sticks out in the middle of nowhere. We're off to Hazlitt, Saskatchewan, and it's about a four hour drive through the prairies. <sighs> so yeah, I'm going to fill you in on some other locations where petroglyphs can be found here in Saskatchewan while we make our way there. Once located in Riverhurst, Saskatchewan, but now located in the Moose Jaw Museum to be preserved, a carving of a face on a rock which it does have other markings on it, suggesting it may have once been wearing a hood in the carving as well. The Royal Saskatchewan Museum in Regina also features a petroglyph face, originally discovered in 1912 in the hills of the northeast Fort Capella. Tro is home to a human face petroglyph as well. The stone features a face on both sides. A Thunderbird stone can be found in Kamsack, Saskatchewan, which, just as it sounds, is a large stone with a Thunderbird carved on it. They are very common across the country. A large Thunderbird is carved into a stone cliff face and covered in lichen, a type of moss, making this glyph what is known as a lichenoglyph. Basically, fungus has grown in the original carving and it now appears almost as if it was carved out of the fungus. It can be found on a cliff face at Reindeer Lake, Saskatchewan. Along the Churchill River, pictographs can be found of animals, humans, 
and geometric shapes. There are black pictographs that can be found in Swift Current Saskatchewan that are said to be unique to Canada. Other honorable mentions go to Cabri Lake, Leader, Gould Town, Wood River, and last, Mountain Lake, all home to at least one petroglyph. A lot of these carvings as well, it is not known who carved them exactly, adding to the long list of mysterious petroglyphs in Saskatchewan. Well, that was a long drive for sure. Get out of the car, have a stretch, take a break for a minute, I'll meet you over by that big rock. You can't miss it. Welcome to the Hazlet pictographs. Though I realize these are not petroglyphs, they are a perfect example of ancient traditional rock art, and I thought it was important to see some of this on our trip as well. We approach a very large two-piece rock which was an important landmark to early travelers in the area needing direction, known as Standing Rock. It can be found on a main trail in the area known since the 1850s. It contains two, maybe three, red ochre handprints beneath an overhanging ledge. You have to look very closely to see them, but they are still there, just barely. The rock formation itself is unique and considered to be of significance, and it could easily be seen as being used as an altar for small-scale ceremonies and rituals. Some suspect the opening in between the two rocks could symbolize a doorway to the spirit world and would have been used in shamanism practices. Go ahead and get those selfies for the ground. It's not like you're at a said-to-be portal door to another world every day. If you'd like to get your own picture for the gram, or you just enjoy history, at this out-of-this-world door in Saskatchewan, it can be found 300 kilometers west of Regina, just outside of Hazlitt, Saskatchewan, a small farming village of about 100 people. Now let's hop back in the car and head to our final destination. It's about two and a half hours away, so if you don't mind, I think I'll throw on the radio this time. I'm Shazne and I'm Sandy and, and we are the Woods, a weekly podcast where we discuss anything spooky, unexplainable, and just plain bizarre. So please come take a walk with us because you never know what you're going to find in the woods. Hey, did you know that in the original Bloody Mary ritual, you had to walk backwards up a flight of stairs? Oh, really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, and the purpose was to catch a glimpse of your future husband's face. Really? I wish I could find my future husband that easily. Honestly, all I really want to do now is drink a Bloody Mary. Well, how about we go make some Bloody Marys while you tell me more fun facts about Bloody Mary? Join us every week at Booze and Spirits, where we make our favorite drinks and tell each other our favorite paranormal stories. Find us under Booze and Spirits on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and Podbean. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Booze and Spirits. Welcome to the Herschel Petroglyphs. This is a well-known site in Saskatchewan dating back thousands of years. This land is considered to be sacred by the indigenous people of the area, thought to be a ceremonial grounds. Located just two kilometers southwest of the town of Herschel 
which is northwest of Rosetown in Saskatchewan. It was discovered in 1960 by Henry Kolofsky, located on the Great Canadian Fossil Trail, so it truly is a perfect location for it. On high ground overlooking Eagle Creek, the land is in fact home to a 1,500-year-old indigenous ceremonial grounds that was discovered in the coal mine ravine. The three monoliths, which are basically like monuments, can be found between the Bear Hills to the north and the Bad Hills to the south. There are three boulders that are made of limestone. Boulder number one has the most detail and is the largest at 1.7 by 1.8 meters standing with a series of dots and lines carved into it. The petroglyph does appear very obviously that it goes further into the ground, but no further excavation has been done at the site. The other two boulders are a lot smaller and have less work done on them, but we'll still go walk by and take a look at them too. The location has carvings, teepee rings, and a long line of boulders leading to a valley to the north. The 158-acre site along Eagle Creek was the first rock art site to be made a municipal heritage site in 1988. Other artifacts that have also been found at this site are chipped bison bone, red ochre, which is used when painting pictographs that are bright red in color, like the ones we saw on Standing Rock, and pieces of prehistorical pottery, a small tin lid with an engraved design, and a few shoe buckles, which indicated the monoliths had been visited in the late 1890s. The pottery and the bison bone found at the location dated back to anywhere between 1150 and 1750. The three boulders, one with tons of tiny circles etched into the rock almost as if they were trying to count something or track something, and another two with a lot less markings. They are all thought to be carved with an antler. I'm not sure what to think. If you do take a look at this site, as I certainly had my brain going crazy trying to figure out what they were doing or trying to say, I would love to know what your theories are. Considered to be a monolith means it was put there by someone else like a monument. The carving is suspected to be a stylistic form of language and is thought to be associated with the Suyan speakers. Suyan is a form of language that used to be used in the Great Plain areas. Others suggest it is a ringing rock, that when you hit it just the right way would produce a tune that was used in ceremonies. The area is now contained by fences sadly due to returning vandals and it is heavily guarded by its surrounding community who clearly values it. In order to see the site like we did today, a tour guide must be booked in advance. You guys are certainly lucky I'm here all the time. A teepee ring has also been found very close by, along with an 8 centimeter brass disc with a pictograph on it of a central circle with two radiating lines, a brass bracelet, and a number of beads, and severely tiny pieces of shattered pottery, believed all to be offerings placed at the monoliths. The unique thing about this location is that it has the most ancient style of carvings known as pit and groove. They may in fact be the earliest human markings in North America according to CanadianEncyclopedia.com.
they may relate to the North American first immigrants arriving over 18,000 years ago. I don't know about you guys, but I think that's a pretty unique piece of history. To think that this rock that stands before us may be one of the earliest known man-made carvings in North America, right here in Saskatchewan. I happen to think that's pretty damn neat. And if you live in Saskatchewan, which I know a couple of you people do, if you have the opportunity, I'd be heading over to see some of these amazing sites that are truly remarkable pieces of history, lying secretly in the prairies. They do not get the attention they deserve. But now, it's time to get you guys all back home. Time to get in the rental car. another amazing adventure indeed. I never knew that there was so much ancient rock art all over Saskatchewan that remains to be the province's biggest mystery as no one truly knows who made them and when. Tom Jones, the executive director of the Saskatchewan Archaeology Society said it best, it's like the petroglyphs are trying to hide their age and their authorship. And I'd have to agree with him, so far they've done a great job. An interesting fun fact I found while researching, many of the petroglyphs are said to be called grandfather rocks. They hold memories of the Earth's past, people's relationships, and the environmental history. I thought that was pretty cool. Not only are there a ton of petroglyphs that can be found across the country, there is also many strange, I'm going to call them boulder type monoliths, because I have not done my research yet in this area. But while looking at the many petroglyph sites in Saskatchewan, I found many of these, which in my words, are boulders or stones placed strategically to leave symbols and structures behind. An adventure we will be sure to come back to one day. If you are interested now, a good example to look up is the turtle effigy, which means a model of, in Minton, Saskatchewan, a large turtle made out of boulders on the landscape can be found. Pretty much, wherever there is a significant amount of rock present in Saskatchewan, there are petroglyphs, pictographs, or they have strategically placed stones somewhere to leave a message close by. So do keep your eyes open. If you're wandering around in the rocks, boulders, or exposed rock or cliff sides in Saskatchewan, because you may just have to get that archaeology hat back out that you earned here on this channel, and let the world know what you've discovered. I'm Canadian Girl. Until next time, my friends. Want to help support the show? You can do that in three simple ways. The first one, you can leave us a shiny five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This small gesture means so much to this podcast as it allows us to move around on the podcast charts and meet more awesome listeners like you. The second, you can stop by our souvenir shop and pick up a souvenir from one of our great adventures and take it on your very own. There's t-shirts, water bottles, notebooks, and so much more. 
do head over to our souvenir shop today and grab some adventure gear. And finally, the third way you can help support the show is by donation. We have a fancy PayPal button that can be found on the top right of our webpage, nothingcanada.com. This button allows you the option to donate as much as you want, whenever you want. All donations will be used for the channel by buying new books for research, paying for the podcast website, and upgrading equipment. All three links to help support the show, of course, can be found in the show notes below. I thank you all so much for your support of the show. It means the world to me. You guys, who always listen to the very young, you're the best kind of people out there. But you already know that. I'm Canadian Girl. Mm-hmm.